0: Welcome to Boss Up Babes, helping babes show up, boss up, and thrive with number one best-selling author, global influencer, and ultimate boss babe, Carissa Adkins. Carissa is a health and wellness expert and CEO of the 365 Daily Hustle, here to help mompreneurs and career-focused women boss up and reclaim their healthiest life. She is a pro at cutting through the BS and inspiring massive breakthroughs that help women create healthy routines and habits that facilitate personal and professional growth. Are you ready to reclaim your best life, take action, and be a badass boss babe?
1: Let's get to it. What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome. Welcome back to the boss of babes show. Boss Up Babes is a bi-weekly show dedicated to all you entrepreneur, innovators, hustlers, personal development junkies, and of course, badass women who are just looking to show up, boss up, and thrive a little bit more in their life and in their business. Uh, Each episode, we take a deep dive into topics, including money, relationships, business, health, and of course, resiliency. And today on the Boss Up Babes show, we are talking about how to remain grounded in the midst of hardship. And ooh, this is going to be a great conversation because unfortunately, still there are so many people out there still like trying to figure out the new norm. Um, Sometimes I kind of forget that Um, I'm easily, very easily, I bounce back and COVID really didn't affect me too much, but I know there are still so many people. So that is a hardship that so many women are still trying to of course get over and really just get back control of their life. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about how to remain grounded in all the crap and the chaos. And then of we're going to talk about how you can really take charge of your life and why you need to kind of reach probably deep within and do like a self-discovery of who you are and why it's so important to do that. So with me today, I have an amazing boss, babe. She's my guest and life strategist, Mrs. Rachel Spence. Um, And Rachel is a survivor. Wait, I think I'm saying Rachel, is it Rachel Rochelle?
2: They people say both, so whatever flows best. So Rochelle seems <laughs> to flow best when people see the spelling of my name. So okay, just- I was
1: like, wait, I think it's actually. I'm so sorry <laughs> about that. That's about you know live radio ad is best for you. I was like, wait a minute. I'm actually, anyways, you guys, she is a fantastic boss, babe. I do want to introduce you though. So, Rochelle is a survivor of civil unrest. She's a survivor of a plane crash, holy crap, and a survivor of business failure. Yet not once has she ever allowed herself to become a victim of her circumstances. Instead, with humility and grace, she has grown and become more grounded in herself and in her purpose. I love that. And now, of course, years later, she is a successful motivational speaker, an author, a self-discovery coach, and in my opinion, a total boss-up, babe. Uh, Rochelle has mentored and taught so many students and women to embrace their challenges as they blueprint their lives success so that they can really increase their productivity by learning to connect with their voice. So they really stand in their truth and just show up authentic authenticity. That's such a hard word for me to say. Showing up with authenticity. Authenticity. All right. Uh, with that, Rochelle, welcome to the show.
2: This is going to
1: be fun. <laughs> yeah, this is, I'm like, oh gosh, I've said it tw- two different times now. This is really going to mess me up. But welcome, boss babe, to the show. I appreciate you being here.
2: Teresa, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> to have this conversation. So
1: thanks for having me. hundred <laughs> percent. Me too, girl. And I know like, you came from like of a connection of another boss babe and really... That is what I'm all about. And I know you're the same way, right? Like helping other women boss up and rise to the next level is the only way to go, ladies. Like gone are the days that we need to be pushing people down to just get, you know, to climb the ladder. We don't need that. And I love to start off, honestly, with like a random question of the day. So just kind of play with me here. So what does the word fearless mean to you? How would you describe that in your head?
2: Unstoppable.
1: Mm. She's like, I'll take your one word and I'll give you one word back. I <laughs> that's the first thing that comes up. So unstoppable,
2: it's uh, unwavering A uh, person. When I hear fearless, it's kind of like a doer, a goer, a, a taker, an action taker.
3: Yeah. A uh, you
2: know, person who does not allow obstacles to prevent them to from moving forward and taking action in their lives. So that's what... Regardless of regardless of uh, fear, right? I mean, the fear exists, but yeah. yet you still find your, find it within yourself to push through.
1: I love that. Totally fearless and unstoppable. i The reason why that question kind of came to mind today is I was just at a speaking event. Um, I got to speak at a summit called Fearless and uh, one woman put it on and I, of course, I flew to LA and I spent some time there. But one of the very first questions that they asked us, because of course I, I love, I don't know about you because I know you're a speaker. I love like listening to the other speakers. I love taking notes because like these women are just as awesome as my keynotes. So like, I really love diving in and just being, you know, the student when I'm listening to someone else. And the question got asked, um, she said, you know, like, what, what do you fear? And, you know, she said, now turn to a neighbor and and talk about what it is that you fear. And I was like, you know, there was once a time in my life that I probably would have been able to spit out so many different things about the different things that I would fear and um, that would scare the crap out of me. But over the years, I've just created such such a strong, resilient mindset that I was like, I don't really fear anything. Like, I truly look at even when like things are scary. Actually, that's my my moment. That if something's like, ooh, Carissa, this is kind of scary. That's my exact like moment of saying, go, you better do it, right? You better go after it and do it. So, awesome. Thank
2: you too, if you don't mind me putting on two more words in there, for me, it's kind of like it exists. Like, fear is part of life, and I believe that I broke my broke from my fear a while ago when I started doing what I'm doing. My biggest yeah. fear was the fear of success. Mm. So the, what that represented, the, the lack of privacy and everything else that comes with just when you finally allow yourself to be fully open and in the public eye. And yeah. so that was my fear, but I broke away from that. And I mean, I'm here, here I am. So <laughs> everything else is like, when it shows up, I just go back to Trusting and surrendering, and uh, and I keep and I keep pushing.
1: Golden nuggets, ladies, if you're listening, or if you can write that down, it's like just have faith and just trust that it's all going to work out. It's going to be okay. She's already giving us a golden advice here, um, and yeah, we always we all feel fear, right? And sometimes being scared comes in fear, but not. You mentioned fear of success. Just as many, I find women, you know, they're feeling failure, but fear of success. Like what happens when my life actually looks and feels amazing? What happens when I lose the weight? What happens when I finally break 100K in a month? You know, like they're like, ah, they freak out and then they want to go backwards. So uh, I love that. So, you know, just to kind of get us going today, I love just listening to women's stories. I do. I believe everyone has a story and they have a purpose and we all have struggles. And I just mentioned three of your biggest challenges in life. So tell me a little bit about the story, tell me about the plane crash, the business failure, and of course, the civil unrest.
2: So uh, I was just 11 years old when I lived in Haiti at the time and uh, my home was invaded and due to civil unrest and where they were trying to really get my family out of our home and mm-hmm. be, uh, trying to keep coming and kill us. So I was old so when this happened and they kept on throwing boulders into the house. And I remember sharing the night, right before hey. I to sleep, telling my parents, hey, I really would like to sleep in your room. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my mom was like, no, you know, just, stay. it's okay, you know, for the little girl that I was, I was like, hey, daddy, can I just sleep? Yeah. Here? Why don't you just go? So that <laughs> particular uh, a moment of intuition Led, led, me to, led me to safety because the next morning when we were, we called, we spent the whole night calling the authorities to come in to try to really help us out because our we home was being attacked. Boulders mm-hmm. and boulders were being thrown in our home, windows being shattered. And I mean, it was a nonstop hiding underneath. At some point we had to move from the room and go hide in the bathroom underneath like a cabinets and so on and so forth. It was my, bro- I have two older brothers. So we were all hiding at the moment. And the next morning when the authorities came, they really came and do an inspection session. They were asking, where's the person who dined in that particular room? Where is this person? And that person's room happened to have been mine. Mm-hmm. It was my room. Had I slept in that room, I wouldn't have been able to sit here with you today. Mm-hmm. I mean, boulders, the they were throwing into my room, pierced through the room, to the bathroom. It was like, I mean, twenty to thirty of them in that same room. It was they were not small. So that was the first incident where I was I could talk on the fear throughout the night and what we did throughout the night to really keep us sane, <laughs> like a better word, is prayers. My mother was like, Okay, just sit. we're we well, we're, we're a Catholic family and at the time my mom was like, let's get the rosary, let's just keep on praying and praying and praying throughout. So I spent the whole night just praying and um we all end up venturing into my parents' room, hiding there until the sunlight so that the authorities could come and try, at least attempt to try to come and protect us. But the whole night, by the time that the sunlight came, they had already broken the locks of the gate and they entered the, the, the yard. So the authorities came right on time until they were able to finally break into the house door to get into the property. So it was really... Uh, survival moment because i was again 11 years old and i something told me within myself you can't sleep in this room this is you need to move yourself out of there Mm. and and then to realize that my the way in which my room was attacked primarily it would it, it was really something else so i overcame that and uh i was just uh what Nineteen or twenty, heading from New York, heading to Florida, and the plane—it was in the—it was in the winter, December, and heading to Florida, going to my cousin's graduation, and the plane skidded off the runway. It's getting on the runway, you talk about stuff you see in movies, right? Chairs lifting, <laughs> doors flipping, bathroom doors going, people are yelling and screaming, and you're like, what's going on? And I don't even know where I got the energy or the power, the strength. I remember just pulling the chair in front of me and that chair was literally being lifted up. And I was just holding on to it. And I remember this lady, when, when the plane finally stopped, so my thought was, it was at LaGuardia Airport, and no, it was JFK, actually JFK. And I was saying to myself, oh, my God, we're going to go to the, like, you know, it's like the bay is right there. So we're just going to, that's what I'm thinking. I have a grandfather who died in a plane crash. So at that moment, I faced my second fear, fear of death, which was my first at the time, actually. It was like, oh, my God, I'm literally dying. This is it, because I'm thinking I'm going to water, I'm going to suffocate, I'm going to drown, and all these other stuff. All these thoughts were going. But at that moment, I faced my fear. I was... I accepted what was Mm -hmm. which is my time has come death is upon me i'm dying and i Mm -hmm. knew that i at that moment i would have the same type of death that my grandfather experienced Mm -hmm. i never met him but that's how he died so that was my second experience in terms of like dealing with stuff like that and then like in my 30s i now live in south florida and my husband and i ventured in this business where we, you know, after doing all due diligence, we purchased an existing um, clinic and um, we've done the due diligence, everything looked good on paper. And no matter how much time we we're putting in and, and, and how work we were putting in, the money was just not coming in. Mm-hmm. And it really took the staff that were there, because we still kept the same staff some of the same staff, they were like, it's not you guys, this has been going down for a long time. So we realized that what was said on paper, and we had attorneys, accountants, everybody looking at documents, and it was just not happening. So it became where a burden in the sense that we were feeding the clinic, it was not feeding us. Right, right. And at some point, we had to come to terms as terms, okay, what are we gonna do? At what point do we, it, it will, permanently affect our finances where we, we can't even feed it anymore. Mm-hmm. So we had to come to terms and come to, and decide to close it down and experience a lot of financial loss based on that. Mm-hmm. However, the, the, the positive <laughs> that came from that experience is this, at the time I had started, I had just started my coaching slash speaking business Mm -hmm. And when my husband came up with this amazing idea, I knew then I had to put stuff on hold to support because somebody had to be there. And I figured that person would have been me. So I already had my non for profit I was already running my... I founded a non for profit I had that running. I studied my business. And then this came about. So I'm like, okay, let's put put the business on side. Let me focus on this one. And in doing so, the positive for me was how the creator God placed me in the space to really experience my gift. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I had, like I told you earlier, I acquired that staff, those who bought into the vision remained, those who didn't left and became other ones. Mm -hmm. The team we were able to build, the energy shifting that occurred within the practice, everybody bought into the mission. It became, as much theirs as it was ours, which made it harder for us when we had to lay off because I was fueling them with inspiration, motivation. I was lighting them up. I was igniting them to know that they have what it takes to make things happen. They have what it takes to make this clinic where it needs to be. And I, the energy, the mindset, the leadership, overall, the, the team that we built was such a strong team that it pained me to have to let them go. But you know what? At least two of them remained with me without pay for a year and a half after we shut down. Wow. It spoke volume to who I was, what I was putting out there, the the way in which I was leading, Mm -hmm. and the way in which I was able to shift energy. It showed me how grounded I was in my purpose, what I was really meant to do, and the way I was able to deal with the experience and not allow it to take control, but yet allow it allow myself to feel the experience spiritually and surrendering. This is where I learned to surrender because at that moment I knew that failure, I mean, success does not come without failure. So my thought was this, if this is a failure that I have to experience in order for me to be successful, Bring it. Yes.
1: That's like a mindset shift. It's like most people get stuck in the, like, the why me, I can't, like, the anger, right? You probably felt that. You probably went through every emotion of, like, why did I, how could I, you know, why didn't they tell me, like, how did I not see, like, all of these, you know, those emotions, the anger, the, you know, this this is our, not just, I mean, when you take someone's money away, like, you've invested in a business, it was not successful, uh, it takes a toll on everyone in the family, for sure, for sure, but it always comes down to, like, stopping and pivoting and just saying, okay, God, what am I supposed to be learning from this? And I trust that you will present me with some kind of lesson. Um, Roger Crawford said, um, he said, being challenged in life is inevitable, right? But being defeated is optional. And with all three of those major instances, man, I thought my childhood was crazy, but like, (laughs) I can't imagine literally like someone attacking my home, the one place that you are supposed to feel safe and love. And, uh, and just going from all of that, but like from, the, from that to the plane crash, to the business failure, to like all of that, how did you take charge of you? Like, how did you remain grounded in the midst of all that hardship?
2: Through faith. That was really one of the biggest things. And also for me to, by reconnecting with who I was. Mm. The paying attention to who I was being in each of these experiences and how I was showing up in all these and in the trend, like to see the connectedness of all these experiences and who I was at each of them at every stage of my life. And realizing that-
1: that? Can you break that down? Like with who I was being, can you break that down for us? Well,
2: you know, so we talk about intuition, right? So my intuition spoke loudly at 11 years old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So at that moment, and I, when I, when I reflect back in my journey it's like wow I was I was intuitive then mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what it was yeah that's what it was and my intuition that well in the in the plane you know not that there was an intuition intuition that happened because I didn't know that I was going to get affected however <laughs> the way in which I handled mm-hmm. the situation I kid you not as soon as the plane stopped I was the most serene person. And I remember this lady sat in front of me and then the first, it was an older lady. She said, oh, have we arrived? <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. She had no idea what just happened. We never left, <laughs> we never left. And at that moment I said to the lady, why don't you put your gloves, put your hat, we're going to go you know that the, the back in those days was the plane mates they brought into the plane they brought the plane mates into the to the um to the plane so that we could come out of it and i said let let me just help. so i knew still so part of who i was was coming through being of service
1: mm-hmm.
2: being of service not so much concerned about me but ensuring that all others were doing okay and realizing that i am not the type of person in both instances that get so agitated in, in the midst of heart like in, in, in dire situation that I'm one of the most collective
1: mm.
2: in dealing with crisis.
4: Yeah.
2: I am a social worker by profession. <laughs> I, so this it's not, by, it's not by accident that I am a social worker. So when I put these pieces together and realizing that by one of my strongest gift is crisis intervention, it's like, it's all part of who I was be, becoming yeah. i not realizing at the time that's what it was. So I have, and taking a step back and reflecting all these s- situations, all these instances, like there's a common thread
1: Yeah,
2: of who I am, mm-hmm. what I'm about, how I show up, the authenticity mm-hmm. of who I am. And only just
1: being like true to yourself. I mean, it's true to
2: myself. Yes, yes. It's a process, it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's what's key is to take account, right? Mm -hmm. So when something happens, actually just yesterday, a friend of mine said to me, you know, you're the type of person that you really process. I said, well, you know, it helps me heal. Processing Mm -hmm. helps me heal. Why? Because by processing, I take account of the story I take account of my my role in the story. What role have I played, positively or posi- potentially negatively, intentionally or not? And how could it have been? How can it be different? And it helps you forgive because when you put things into perspective by processing a situation or an experience, then you can maybe take account as to what we were thinking at the time. What were you? Uh, doing at the time and maybe what the other person was doing or thinking and put things into perspective as you move forward in life.
1: Sure. And I think that that, I mean, you guys can apply to that anything. I mean, I remember going through my divorce. And my attorney, you know, was like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And I'm like, whoa, I don't want to be the woman that gets like nasty. And like, I had to remind her that my intention was to show up with still with love and to show, you know what I mean? Like my, my, my trauma, right? Like, I'm like, I appreciate the stuff that I've went through because it's made me who I am. But yeah, you guys can always, if you're listening and you're like, how do I like stop and just step back and reflect and put a different, you know a pair of goggles on and just say, okay. Right. Like everything's going to be okay. Remind yourself that. And, and then your natural, you know, abilities will come out like in the plane crash, you had said, right. You are the natural, like, let me help you. I actually thrive when, when things are chaotic and not everyone's like that, but that's okay. Other people will they'll they have their own tools, but um, okay. Which, and I kind of heard a little bit, right. You're starting to figure out when you, when you step back and you look at all of these, the trends, right. The chaotic trends, it's you're, you're figuring out your own blueprint. You know what I mean? And I really, I, I don't want to forget. So we're going to stop right there really quickly. And I want you to let everyone know who is listening today, where they can get more of Rochelle, where they can reach out to you. Where is the best spot people can find you?
2: Well, I am on all social media. So you talk about Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I do have a um, Twitter account, but I'm not as active, but the others I am. And I have a website, which is www.rachessylvan.com. You can certainly find me there. And whatever services you, in terms of motivation, you need to get to know who you are from the core, self-discovery work, I am your go-to person. If you need that person to light you up from inside, I will ignite you.
1: Light it up. I love that. Um, (laughs) um, Okay. So one rapid fire, like super, uber quick tip on how a woman can start that self-discovery process.
2: Well, it starts with making a decision. Hmm. It's a making a decision once you recognize where you are Hmm. in your life at this time. And self-discovery, I believe, is key to entering any journey, any job, any business opportunity, whatever you want to do in life, it starts with getting to know you, because if you don't know you, you don't know what you want, why yeah. you want it and why it matters. And it helps you take charge of who you are, because then you can make demand because you're here. Yeah. you Value what you stand for, why you stand for it and why it matters.
1: Mm, ladies, figure out who the heck you are, please. Um, I promise life becomes super easy once you have a crystal clear vision of like what you stand for and your values, like like she said, um, and business and everything. Like, this rule applies in every area of your life, right? Figure out what you want and then go for it, right? So um, I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest and my expert today. Um, you guys reach out to her if you are like, I don't even know what i I want to be and who i need to be and like if you're going through the, all of that um, you know like this 2022 like new year like find yourself uh with rochelle i know she'll be able to help ignite that that passion that fire with inside so thank you so much for being on the show today yeah. And ladies, I have an amazing opportunity. If you're looking for support, if you're looking for accountability, if you're looking to get fit and stay fit forever, right, I want to encourage you to join the Healthy Hustle Facebook group. That's my private community. Um, and this group is focused on helping high achieving badass women claim their superpower by creating systems and habits and behaviors that will allow you to level up in your entire life. Now, this Facebook group isn't for women who like to complain or it's not for women who want to blame. It's not for women who are like, I'm okay with being mediocre because my content's just not going to scream for you, but it is for the action takers. It is for the real go-getters. It's for the decision makers. It's for women who are ready to take responsibility for their health and in their life. Um, Because I truly believe that having a solid, healthy, you know, mental fitness, emotional fitness, and then, of course, physical fitness allows you to become fearless and totally unstoppable. So if you are ready to position yourself as a true boss, babe, and leader, then I want you, you know, to join this group. Consider joining. We'd love to have you over there. That, again, is Healthy Hustle. Uh, It's on Facebook. And with that, if you've enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to just leave me a five-star rating and a review on your favorite listening platform. You guys, we are on over 50 different listening platforms. You'll be able to watch this episode on motivation and success tv network.com like next week. So, uh, yeah, share You know, share this episode with your closest friends and of course, reach out and boss up, uh, and you know, get yourself discovered with Rachel. So thank you so much, girl. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to Boss Up Babes with
0: Carissa Adkins, bringing you tangible tips and expert coaching advice to help you boss up and get healthy. Tune in every second and fourth Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com for interviews with industry leaders and powerhouse boss babes that will empower you to take action and live your best life. If you're ready to boss up and work with Carissa in one of her transformative group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com.
3: You are not alone on your journey. Listen in to The Unshakable Living Show, Supernaturally and Divinely Unshakable with Lisa Belz. Twice a month for your well deserved dose of positive energy and your personal reminder that you are perfectly imperfect, and that's okay. Find your true calling and influence the world around you for the better with your profound gifts. Walk away feeling truly unshakable. Remember, God can't steer a parked car, so step on the gas now with Lisa and let Him do the rest. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Lisa Beltz, and this is the Unshakable Living Show. And I am really excited tonight because I have my very first guest on my show, Mm -hmm. Melissa Walsh. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you for being here tonight. I'm super jazzed. So, um, Melissa is... All several different things, and so our the first segment of the show tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about Melissa's journey. But as we get into it, if you want to know more about her, um, Melissa's website is melissawalshhealing.com. You're on Facebook, Instagram. Anything else?
4: Nope,
3: that's it. That's enough. (laughs) That's a really good start. So um, Melissa does uh, different things. And again, she'll talk about that a little bit once we get going here. But just want to welcome everybody. And uh, just looking ahead really quickly to my next show, um, Kristen Oakley is going to be my guest in two weeks. And we're going to talk about Unshakable Identity. And tonight, Melissa's going to share her unshakable journey, and then we're going to talk about unshakable intentions. So, Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you're at. Sure.
4: Um, tonight will be in a nutshell because it's, it's fascinating how the journey is filled with so many synchronicities, so many experiences that lead to the next thing. But, um, in initially, my background is in medicine as a physician assistant. I've been in a few different areas in that realm from family practice, um, rheumatology, the study of autoimmune diseases, and functional medicine and more in that holistic setting. So it, it's, it's evolved. But when it comes to the divine or spiritual gifts that I didn't really know I had for uh, most of my life until I was in PA school. Um, you know, I always knew I had a great gut and my mom always said, you follow your gut, your gut will never lead you astray. And so I just knew that. And I, and I knew I had a good gut. I knew things. Sometimes I saw things in dreams. Um, you know, my mom told me this story when I was three years old, we went to drop, um, cookies off at a nursing home and I left her side and I went around and like touched the hand of all of the people in this circle. That's pretty amazing. And when she told me that I'm like, you know, I don't remember that, but there's a part of me that's like, yeah, like, of course I, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but really what three-year-old does that, you know? Um, so I just, I didn't know I was any different or that I had a thing Mm -hmm. until I was really facing a situation in PA school where, um, I was assigned to do a clinical rotation in a half sex offender prison, half psychiatric ward that um, had children and adults. And I was assigned to the children's ward and I started feeling a lot of dark energy. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, Holy cow! Like, what's happening to me? Like, they're gonna send me to Crazy Town, you know? If I tell them that I'm like (laughs) sensing things, and I didn't know that was a thing because at the time I didn't know anything about. You didn't have words to describe it. There's no association. No. Yeah. All I knew at the time is I'm I'm probably stressed out, anxious, homesick, and now I'm in this place and feeling a lot of yuck. That's pretty intense. I'm like holy cow, what is this? Because you don't Mm -hmm. read that in the medical textbook. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Luckily, though, um, I feel like it was divine intervention that led me to my next rotation the following month, which was a very holistic practice Mm -hmm. who had people there that actually worked there that understood what was happening and understood me and started helping me connect the dots for like what I thought was, I must be cursed or something mm-hmm. because it felt so yuck um, that actually this is going to be one of your greatest gifts when you learn how to work with it. Yep. Yep. Now I'll admit, like I tried to shove that away for a long time because that's not traditional right mm-hmm. like that's not what what i thought i signed up for yep and she's like <laughs> really like no i'm not talking telling anyone about that like this it's is an just added gonna- bonus yeah <laughs> they don't know like i feel like a medicine woman with like crystals <laughs> and oils and all these things that are like helping me yeah. behind the scenes and yeah. anyways so um, I had my first spiritual teacher that really helped me learn how to work with energy at the time. And, you know, because now I'm around all sick people and like, I'm starting to feel everything and it's exhausting oh, yeah. me. Yeah. And, you know, but I got to a time when I was working more in um, a hospital clinic where things really started opening up again and I could see. Okay, what do you mean by opening up? So I could see beyond the physical exam. Okay, mm-hmm. like, It's like I was yep. being shown. I'm mm-hmm. very visual and I just see things in like my inner senses. Um, what was, I could see what was wrong with the person, but it wasn't the setting for me to be able to speak about it. Okay. And so yep. I just tried to ignore that. And, mm-hmm. but I started feeling more and more kind of guilty that all I had was a, um, prescription, prescription pad, pad. a few wise words. Yeah. Um, maybe a little frustration
3: in there in me. Yes.
4: yes. Yes. For Sure.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, and so, but I, again, here I am trying to just ignore that this is where I'm supposed to be. I have a good job. I make good money and you just mm-hmm. need to like, put your head down and, you know, be grateful for what exactly. you have, Appreciate. Yes. you know? And yes. so, but the more and more i did that the more and more i became stressed out not present at home my body starts talking to me like you know i have the headaches the Mm -hmm. the back pain the aching neck the can't (laughs) sleep the (laughs) mind's busy you know all the things that i feel like probably you know most people can relate to but just try to accept that this is the way it is and deal Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm. whereas and i was trying to do that yeah you're trying to do the right thing. Yes. I was mm-hmm. trying to do yeah. that. And I put all this work into this is exactly what I've always wanted to do. And then one day I was in my office and like, I just felt off. Like I couldn't type what I was thinking in my mm-hmm. mind. Okay. My vision starts to kind of go in and out and blurry. And I'm like, gosh, I'm not feeling too well. So I told my assistant at the time, I'm like, "Um, I'm going to go lay down for a second. Let me know when my patient is ready. And when he came in, I couldn't talk. I couldn't like move to unlock my phone to, he was going to call my husband. I couldn't, I didn't know what my key code was. The doctor comes in and he's like, what's my name? And I'm like, and so they're like, take her to the ER. Maybe she's having a stroke. It wasn't a stroke. It was Mm -hmm. really what happened was my nervous system was no longer in fight or flight and just like, keep it going. It went into freeze Freeze. and it was the stress. It was the resistance of like trying to make myself be in a place that the divine was really pulling me out of. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to say like, no, I went to school for this long. This is who I am. This is what I do. I have a good job. I make good money. I have good retirement. Like all the things Mm -hmm. I had, $60,000 in student loans to still pay back. Like what, what else am I going to do? I can't just write this. Be
3: responsible. Do the the responsible thing.
4: Yeah. But then I'm like, all right. So after I went back to my office, you know, a period of time went by, but I remember sitting there thinking, I can't be here for another 30 years. Like I can't do this until retirement, but then Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. But it was my wake up call. And I feel like that's like what happens to get our attention something happens to get our attention whether it's like something traumatic it's an accident it's an illness it's a it's something okay when you're in massive resistance like i was for making a change yeah um that i knew deep in my heart i desired but i had no idea how it could work yeah what did the fear feel like
3: in that setting
4: um the fear of making the change yeah
3: um, well, so I guess one, there's fear of the realization of I'm supposed to make a change
4: mm-hmm. and
3: then the resisting the change,
4: you know, I don't think at the time, I think the fear was manifesting in my physical body Okay, as anxiety, mm-hmm. as stress of I'm worried about where am I going to make the money that I need to make with this much debt, um, with my student loans, and then just the the regular household mm-hmm. bills that mm-hmm. you need to pay, and mm-hmm. those tend to go up the more money you're making. Yeah, you know, so um, it's it's not just every day somebody just finds a six figure job. Yeah, you know, so yep. um, I'm like, how am I going to like pay everything? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like more of my interferes were manifesting in my body physically. Okay from the headaches, the neck pain, the tension. Oh, I need a massage. Does anyone have ibuprofen? And got it. It got to the point where, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it froze and that was my yep. wake up call. Um, so
3: what were, what were you, can, can you describe steps that you followed through this period? Yeah. You know, if, if anybody listening is going, yeah, I relate to that.
4: Now, what do I do? Totally. Totally. So, what I did know at the time is all right, I can see that this is not going to be the place for me for much longer. Yeah. And I could see a change had to be made. And I knew that I needed to move towards something, like Mm -hmm. lean into something that was calling me. That makes sense. But I had no idea, you guys, I had no idea what it was going to be. And so I said yes to it, mm-hmm. it being whatever I was going to be moving towards and letting go of yep. having to know the how. Then the second thing was it carried a feel. Okay. So it was going to be peace to me mm-hmm. because at the time I did not, not feel- You not in peace. Peace, mm-hmm. and peace to me just means more flow. Um, it means not stressed out all the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean just like sitting and meditating on a nice beach. Okay. (laughs) Like that wasn't (laughs) my, like what what I mean by peace. Peace. Um, Yeah. It just meant like I wasn't stressed out. Um, It meant I could be involved with my family. Mm -hmm. It meant I could sleep at night. Yeah. (laughs) So to me, that's what peace would be. And so I was like, I have to align with that. Mm -hmm. And I held the intention of peace. So before I would go into my office, I'd sit in my car. You guys know joke. I did this. I would sit in my car and I would imagine what my day would feel like to me if it was peaceful, which means not crazy. Right. Um, And I didn't use the affirmation. I am peace because Mm -hmm. that doesn't work. If I did that, it'd be like, oh yeah, right. You know what your day is going to look like. You remember what happened yesterday? Like mm-hmm. all okay. of that. And so instead I said to myself, how would you feel if you were at peace? And that allowed me and my imagination to tap into a sensation. Okay. And I didn't have so many of those other ex- ex- extra thoughts coming uh-huh. in and be like, um, yeah. no, you know why you're not at peace? And yeah. So yep. I could access a feeling which came from inside of myself, to then be able to find it in the day. Yep. You know, it's kind of like the sore thumb thing. Like mm-hmm. when you focus on your sore thumb, like that's it all you more. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And so yeah. using certain words, but to then access the feeling of the word within myself, and then going about my day. And what happened is I started noticing that my like situations or my experiences throughout my day weren't crazy. I would even like, um, find a pen. The sounds so silly and so easy, but it's, it's powerful. I had a pen that I love to write with. And back then drug rep pens was like the thing. Yes. They don't (laughs) give them anymore, but, um, they had a really good pens. Mm -hmm. And so I had a favorite pen and I would write with that and I'd really feel into the ink. And I'm like, man, that ink feels so good. Like, it's so smooth. smooth. Yes, mm-hmm. James. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's so smooth. And so there's my sensation, right? Like I'm finding these sensations that are connecting me with the feeling and the feeling comes from within me. Awesome. And then I started getting more of that in my life. Mm-hmm. But you guys, the weird thing is, is my days at work started to feel peaceful and then like well then why would i leave like I'm good now why would i leave and when that happens that doesn't mean that you're stuck yeah it means you're you're closer to being um really out you're closer to your change okay because you're now aligning with what's been pulling you yeah and you're moving toward that thing versus feeling like you have to quit your job run away Um, And then you get in another situation that's exactly the same.
3: Okay, we're gonna pause and take a break. So hold that thought. And when we come back, we're gonna take what Melissa has shared about her journey and move into a little bit of how you can set an intention. So we will be right back.
0: empowered on transformationtalkradio.com.
2: not just talk conversation for profound self awareness
0: stick with us your best life awaits on transformationtalkradio.com you're listening to transformation talk
3: radio And welcome back. This is Lisa Beltz with the Unshakable Living Show and my guest, Melissa Walsh. So glad to have you here. And again, we're just going to remind people, um, if you would tell us again, your website and uh, Facebook and Instagram.
4: Yes. So my website is MelissaWalshHealing.com. And then you can find me on um, Facebook at Melissa Walsh Healing or my personal page, Melissa Walsh. Um, Instagram is IntegrativeHealer underscore Melissa Walsh.
3: Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, we've been talking about Melissa's journey. Um, I was talking about the journey to becoming. That was the original working title of my book, Becoming Unshakable. But your journey to becoming, you are talking about, you know, your transition from being a PA, traditional medicine, and kind of getting into what you're really called to do in life. And so we're going to talk just a little bit about intentions. Okay.
4: All right. So if you um, have been joining us, um, what had happened, just to give you a little insight, is as I'm holding this intention of the word peace, and my days are going much better, and um, I knew I was closer to whatever was calling me, I ended up doing two things. One, I moved to a holistic clinic mm-hmm. where I could integrate all of me, and I started my own business doing personal personal growth and spiritual mentoring work. So I could use my voice in a way um, that that was pulling me that I couldn't in the setting that I was in.
3: So I'm going to pause you for just a second. Talk a little bit about using your voice. I mean, that's a whole conversation by itself, but give us just right. again, a nutshell of what that looks like for you.
4: Yeah. And you know, by using my voice, I, I would, um, how, how can I say this in, in the clinic, I could see beyond the physical exam and I only had a prescription pad to offer. There were conversations that I knew needed to be had to facilitate the healing of the person in front of me mm-hmm. that I couldn't have. Uh-huh. And so I felt like my voice was stifled, that I, I could see and I knew something that could be helpful, but I couldn't share it with them. Got it. So I was like, well, by doing my own thing, I, I don't have any like stipulations. You know, I could be free to speak in the way that I'm guided to speak mm-hmm. and heal in the way that I'm being guided for the person in front of me. That's awesome. Yeah. And and so tie that back to your piece. Yeah. So um, as I was moving out of the clinic, is that what mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So um, now I was out of that clinic. I'm in a more holistic setting. I'm doing my, my own thing. Yeah. And which was, which is really awesome at the time, but you guys know, like you, you kind of make one up level, like, right. You're like, make a big change. Yeah. Yeah. You jump (laughs) up on that little brick and you're like, yes, this is awesome. And everything's great for a while until you're at the next, you plateau. Yep. And it's Uh time for the next one. Right. (laughs) So this gets a little, as you know, this is a thing. It gets a little easier when you know it's a thing, but it still can feel, feel really, really crummy sometimes. But holding the intentions has always been my go-to, like holding a word. So then I'll think to myself, "Okay, what does your heart desire now, Melissa?" And I got to the point where it was freedom.
3: Mm-hmm. It's was like, mm-hmm.
4: "That's a powerful word, freedom." So remember, it was peace. Yeah, and I was transition made that transition, and now it was freedom. So that was my twenty twenty word. Okay, was freedom, and so. Freedom can mean a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What did freedom mean for you in that context? Yep. In that context, or context it, it meant like um, not feeling tied down to having to do or be anything. So at the time, I'm tied to a job that I have to go to that's pulling me away from my kids who I really desire to be home with them more yeah. and present with them. Have two little kids, ages six and nine. And that's what my heart desired. But here we are, like, I have to do this thing. And it was like pulling my energy out. So what that looked like to me was on the days I'd go to work, I was like, eh, like, uh, yeah. And then the days I was home enjoying time with my kids, I was seemed like happy and more uplifted. And I'm like, okay, that's a sign. Like uh-huh. pay attention to that, that something's out of alignment. And so, because I felt like I had to, do something that just was pulling me out of alignment i was like i wish i had freedom in that. i wish i had financial freedom so i didn't feel like i even had to like go you know Mm -hmm. to work i wish i had freedom to just do and say and make all the choices in my life that i want without anyone telling me (laughs) what to do or what i had to do it was just that's well and and somebody just go yeah
3: that'd be really nice but that's never gonna happen right
4: but it yes. can
3: happen. Right. Because you've proven it.
4: Yes. So I was like, okay, here we go. I could see we're at like the next change level. And I was like, so freedom's your word. And when you hold a word and in intention, be prepared. Not everything that you um, like or want comes your way right at first. Mm-hmm. Because we have either a program or just thing layers we need to shed that's yep. holding us back. Okay. Can,
3: can we even step back maybe a couple of steps and even talking of, talk about the really the basics of setting an intention? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. How do you pick a word? How do you know? Yep. I, I have lots of intentions. I want to set. Yes. how do I pick one?
4: Right, exactly. So I, what I like to do is I just feel into myself and ask, ask the question, like, what do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? And think of an emotion word. Okay. Not what do you want, because mm-hmm. we want lots of things in right, this, right. this physical world. But how yep. do you want to feel? And that's a really great catch-all. So for you, it might be love. Mm-hmm. It might be freedom. It might be peace. It might be... Um, satisfaction. Satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That's on the mind. Yeah. So it could fulfilled. be... fulfilled. Fulfilled, mm-hmm. yes. So when you hold that, though, and you really connect. Like I said earlier about the peace. like you sit just for a couple moments, it could be in your car, it could be at a stoplight. And you're like, how would I feel if I was satisfied?
0: Mm -hmm.
4: How would my body feel if I was fulfilled? And a lot of times you'll feel like this kind of like relaxation sense come over you
0: Uh
4: or you just have a sense that yes, that's it. And that's how I felt with the word freedom. So so again if, if our listeners wanted to
3: go do some reading or some research is there anything on your website as far
4: as resources? Um no not not, not on specifically intention. on okay. this topic. Okay. Um there Where would we start? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. And, 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 and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and,
3: and that's fine. I, I didn't cue that up very well, but we'll, we'll prepare that one better next time. But I
4: think, I think this is a great start and just asking your heart, how do you want to feel? And you say heart, I would say spirit. Spirit.
3: So, yep. so again, different yeah. words, same meaning, right? You know, yes. I'm going to ask my spirit. Yeah. So for me, our soul is our mind, will, and emotion. It's my spirit that mm-hmm. I want to connect to. It's like, yeah. what does my spirit yeah. want? Just different word.
4: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So ask ask that inner space of yours. Yep. <laughs> um, what would you like to feel? Okay. And I think with the words examples that we get just gave, mm-hmm. if you kind of like take yourself through like a list, even like in your mind, just yep. think about each word one is gonna have a feel behind it that you're like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Okay. We are out of
3: time, which is just so sad because Because there's so much to be. Yes, yes. We'll just have to have Melissa come back maybe in March or April. We'll continue this. So quickly, Melissa, tell us Mm -hmm. who who is your ideal client? If people wanted to reach out for you, what services Mm -hmm. do you offer? We got about 30 seconds.
4: Okay. So I have a variety of things. We do women's retreats. We do one-on-one healing sessions. We do some group healing work. But really, for those of you who are ready to step into your authentic self, but feel like there's some some blocks um, keeping you from really finding that that passion in your life and for the work that you do.
3: All right. Thank you so much. And again, MelissaWalshHealing.com. There is links to it out on the Transformation Talk radio page for this show. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. And come back in two weeks when Kristen Oakley will be my guest. And we're going to talk about unshakable identity. Have a great evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you are. See you next time. You've been listening to The Unshakable Living Show supernaturally and divinely unshakable with lisa belts tune in twice a month for your well-deserved dose of positive energy and your personal reminder that you are perfectly imperfect and that's okay find your true calling and influence the world around you for the better with your profound gifts walk away feeling truly unshakable Remember, God can't steer a parked car. So step on the gas now with Lisa and let him do the rest.